is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. It's the middle of the week here on the Steelers Standard with Tom Offerman and Jacob Rex. Jacob Rex, sorry. There's buddy. actually a couple pull. of us here. There's a couple of Jacob Rex in the room now. He actually has the Jacob Rex Council in here when he does his power rankings. That's what we're getting into today on this episode. Top 10 in the NFL. We give it to you every middle of the week of the NFL season, and we got a lot to get into. 10 teams are going to break down and rank in the NFL, so there is no use in me just bumping my gums right now let's get right into it i'm going to start things off with number 10 obviously go from 10 and work our way up to number one my number 10 team is probably the team i was most surprised with in week one and that's the new orleans saints Mm. beating the green bay packers 38 to 3 at home in jacksonville because they had to move the game due to the hurricane so Big win on a neutral field for the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston throws for five touchdown passes, but he only throws for like 148 yards. It was the most touchdown passes thrown by a quarterback with that few of yards ever in the NFL. So record day for Jameis Winston. I think that LASIK eye surgery is really paying off. And I'm not saying that facetiously. I really think that might be the biggest difference between them. The man might not have been able to see when he was in Tampa Bay. It's It's insane that that, he said he has LASIK, the year he goes to the Saints to become Drew Brees' backup, says he fixes his eyesight. So far, so good. Obviously, I don't think that you can expect five touchdowns and no interceptions every game from Jameis, but what you can expect from the Saints now is for them to be a competitive entity. That defense is a baller of a defense. They're so good. Top five in the league, I think. Uh, they have really good weapons on the offensive side of the ball, and that doesn't even include Michael Thomas, who still is not on this team, still whether that be injury list, yeah. or holding out or whatever it may be. So they can have even more room for improvement as far as their playmakers didn't even are look concerned. They needed him, though. 35-3, I mean, what's the point? But I got the New Orleans Saints breaking in at number 10, and, you know, I think they're going to put up a real good fight for a playoff spot this year, and I did not think that just one week ago today. Mm-hmm. I'll save my New Orleans slot for later. I had them in my preseason uh, power rankings. You did not. No. Jacob, point for me. Uh, number 10 for me, I had the Arizona Cardinals. I thought the highest scoring team against what I thought should have been what I thought should have been a, another highest scoring team with the addition of Julio Jones for the Tennessee Titans. One team showed up, the other didn't, Tom, and Arizona really proved how good of an offense they could have. Not only how good of an offense, but their defense kind of showed up. J.J. Watt kind of turned back the clock a little, had some key run stops against King Derrick Henry, and to have that good of an offense pair with a solid defense. I mean, I just mentioned J.J. Watt, but I've yet to mention the play of Chandler Jones, who led the league. And fought. We, we talk about how great of a game T.J. Watt had, but T.J., I mean, as good of a day he had, Five sacks is five sacks. What an impressive outing in week one for Chandler Jones. Still makes you question Bill Belichick's decision to let that guy walk. I mean, probably the best defensive player he's had in a while. Way better than Stephon Gilmore. I don't know what people are saying about Stephon Gilmore. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because it only makes me more upset when I when I talk about that guy's name. So let's stick with Arizona here. I thought that he had a really impressive day on both sides of the ball. Kyler Murray is showing why he was deserving of a number one draft pick, why Arizona made the right decision, even though they had a top 10 pick with a quarterback just the year before to say, you have to take me number one overall. I think it's working out great. And I think the guy who's benefiting the most is the guy who we said could have been on a hot seat this year is Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, you know, 
a very impressive win from the Arizona Cardinals, but I think it's a little more telling about the other team, and I'm not going to speak for you, but at least for me, I dropped the Titans out of my top 10 power rankings mm-hmm. this week. What was the big thing that in Crowley, Adam Crowley kept trying to tell me this in the offseason because, you know, I'm, Titans look good, man. Get Julio Jones. Derrick Henry's the best running back in football. Tannehill's underrated. A.J. Brown's already there. Taylor the one at left tackle. This looks like a really good team. And he'd be like, chartless Tom, the defense. The defense is still a question mark. It was what held them back last year. It's what held them back against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game two years ago. The defense is a problem. Yeah, they went out and they got Bud Dupree. Is that going to be enough? Right out of the gate, it was not enough. That defense just got boat raced. And to be fair, Ryan Tannehill played like poop too. So both sides of the football really let them down in this one. But yeah, the Cardinals, I mean, that offense is so prolific. Kyler Murray, it's so early, but, you know, he keeps playing like that. He's going to take the MVP this year. I mean, that's just— I think he could too. Such a dynamic player and— a really fun team to watch. It's, it's you know, say what you will, Super Bowl contender. Maybe they're not there quite yet. They're a top five fun team to watch in the NFL. That oh, offense absolutely. is incredibly dynamic, and Murray is such a fun player in this league. Moving up to number nine on my list, it's the team the Steelers beat. I dropped the Buffalo wow, Bills down to down number nine. nine. I might be getting a little too, you know, greedy there, dropping them down that far, but... I still think the Bills are one of the better teams in the AFC. I think they just had a rough go of it against a really, really strong Pittsburgh Steelers defense. But, yeah, I got them at 0-1, dropping down to the number 9 spot in the top 10. Please expect them to win their next couple of games and work their way back into that top 5 for me. But, listen, it's a power ranking. It's not about what I think they're going to be later. It's where I think they're at right now. And right now I think the Bills are the ninth best team in football. Right now, at number nine, I have the San Francisco 49ers. We expected them. Boat race of a game. We expected them to destroy Detroit. And kind of why I don't have, one of the reasons I don't have them higher is because they allowed, even though they put up, what, 44, 42 points, they still allowed 33 points from that Detroit offense. Call it garbage time, call it whatever. If you're as good of a defense as you claim to be, you're not allowing 33 points to any team, especially the Detroit Lions. I don't care how big of a lead you had. That's that's a close game when you look at the final score and the final score alone. I know it wasn't ever that close in reality, but you don't ever let, if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you don't ever let the Detroit Lions on paper say, but hey, around you. hey yeah. look, we were kind of close. So even though they had a really good day, um, I'll also mention that they lost Raheem Mostert for the year. It's a big blow. I don't know how big of a blow it is, but to lose a guy, someone who we know could be super, super good and has just been riddled with injuries the last two years. I think he was on and off the IR last year, and now he'll be on it all season long. Um, it, I think the guy's name is Elijah Mitchell is the backup. We'll see exactly how good he can be. We know San Francisco loves to run the ball, but it's because they had a guy like Raheem Mostert getting the rock so that's not as big of a question mark for me as as the defense allowing the 33 points but still a good showing from the nfc west uh team that was expected and predicted by so many to win that division favorite uh i don't know if that's going to be the case because to me all four nfc west teams made my top 10 all four looked pretty damn good this past week so it's going to be a race, and honestly, I we talked about how exciting the Arizona Cardinals were to watch. I'm just excited to see any NFC West team play on a Sunday, 
especially when they play each other. That's going to be a must-see game every time that happens. Well, my next three teams are NFC West teams. Oh, okay. So Here I'll start go. with number eight, which was your number 10. I got the Arizona Cardinals at number eight again. I mean, no one expected them to go into Tennessee and win that football game in our triple play. Which Oh, is some- I don't know about that. Well, let me rephrase then. I did not expect okay. them to go into Tennessee and beat them. In fact, in our triple play, where we pick three games with the spread uh, every week, I picked the Titans minus three and a half. It was my, it was my only loss. I was two and one. I don't, I don't want to brag about that. But so uh, you went two and one, and I went oh and, and three. Yeah, okay. you had a nice goose egg. But uh, yeah, the Titans were my only loss. I thought minus three and a half points. Titans handled that game with a touchdown victory, and I mean they just from start to finish got their doors blown off by an Arizona Cardinals team and. Again, don't read too much into that Cardinals offense being that explosive. Don't get me wrong, it is an explosive offense, but I think that Titans defense can be kind of pushovery, especially in week one of the season. So I'm not exactly sure what to make of Tennessee's defense versus and Arizona's offense. Like, what is the unit that's great? What's the unit that's, you know, whatever. But I think you can expect the Cardinals to be a team that, you know, is a very competitive entity all year long, and the only thing that might keep them out of the playoffs is playing in that just dogfight of a division in the NFC West. It's going to be tough, but as I said earlier, it's going to be must-see TV every single week. My number eight team, I have another NFC West team, a different one. First time we're hearing their name, the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, you didn't have the Seahawks in your preseason. That's right. No, wow. I think I did. Maybe late. So, okay. I think I have him like 10, maybe, or maybe right around here. Uh, but I do have them in my top eight. Uh, good performance overall from the defense and the offense. Russell, uh, Russell Wilson, Wilson and Tyler yeah. Lockett look great. And that's just what you're going to get out of them. Either it's going to be Tyler Lockett having the monster day or DK Metcalf having the monster day. Or for some teams, nightmare scenario, you're going to see both of those guys have huge, huge days. This week, week one, it was Tyler Lockett. Russell Wilson was just bawling out. I mean, we talked about just now how... Kyler Murray was making the case to be an MVP uh, when we were talking about the Cardinals. Russell Wilson's got to be right up in that conversation if we're just going based off of week one performances. Completely, completely impressive on his front. And then the defense really silenced any people who were high. I won't say any silence, any critics on the Seattle defense, but silenced anyone who was going to be too high on this Indianapolis Colts offense because... Carson Wentz didn't look like the Carson Wentz of 2017 when he was making the case for MVP before he went down uh, for the season before the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl. Not necessarily the easiest week one matchup for Seattle to go on the road, not, not necessarily an East Coast team, but an Eastern time zone team, and to have Carson Wentz have his first game, I mean, that could spell you know a recipe for an upset for the Colts. I think people mostly favor the Seahawks to win that game, and that's the result you got. But I still think that there was a possibility of an upset there. But there was nothing to that point. Seattle went in, had their good day. They're keeping things interesting. All four teams. I still have yet to talk about one NFC West team, uh, which I believe you also have very, very high up on your list. But all four NFC West teams coming out to play all four of those teams perfect after week one. Number seven, like I said, my next two are going to be NFC West, so this one and the next one, but I got the 49ers, just like you did uh, earlier in your power rankings. Uh, again, all the reasons you said, they gate out, out to this amazing lead against the Lions, and then they kind of just let them work their way back into the game, whereas if you're somebody who just wasn't able to watch TV at all this weekend and just looked at box scores, you'd say, wow, 
If I had to pick one game to watch, I think it might be that Lions-Niners game. 41-33, that thing looked like it was a shootout, and it really wasn't if you watch the game. But the fact that you let them back into it, you know, a little backdoor kind of action there for the Lions, that's not good moving forward. Obviously, you'd like to correct your mistakes after a win. Tomlin says that all the time, and the uh, Niners will certainly get to do that this week. But, yeah, it, it wasn't exactly a perfect performance from them all the way around for a full 60 minutes. Uh, Jimmy G getting the start for them, too, instead of Trey Lance. I mean, looks like the right decision so far because he looked really well. And one thing I'd say about Raheem Uh Mostert going down, if there's ever a coach that can afford to lose running backs and have the next guy step up and be really effective, it's probably Kyle Shanahan in that zone running scheme. It's something about that Shanahan bloodline, Mike Shanahan to Kyle, that they just get the most out of their running backs and out of their running game. Somehow, Somehow, some way. So I I do think that the name – makes you think it's a bigger loss than it might actually be for the Niners. It's possible, yeah. I mean, I had them in my number nine, but I can easily see why you put them at what, your number six? They're number seven. Number seven. All Mm -hmm. right, number seven for me, I have a team who the Steelers beat, Buffalo. Buffalo. Going into the season, I think I had them at number three. So I did too. I didn't have them at number, what, nine like you did? Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty far drop. You still dropped them pretty far. I did. I did. They're out of the top five now, but I do think it's because the other five teams, including one who beat them on Sunday, are really that much better or proved to be that much better. Buffalo, I mean, you had everything going for you. It was the first time you've had fans in your stance, a packed stadium, in this Josh Allen, Sean McDermott era of which Bill's Mafia is back and better than ever. Coming off of your first AFC Championship game appearance since 1993. Coming off of an MVP caliber season in 2020 by Josh Allen. Coming off or going into a game of which you've beaten this team twice each of the last two years. Proving that even though both games were heavily anticipated, you were still the better team. One game was in Pittsburgh, one game was in Buffalo. This, I mean, you had everything riding on this for you to be an easy win. Everyone was saying going into the season, Pittsburgh Steelers, man, I don't really know. Ben Roethlisberger getting older. They wasted a pick, or they shouldn't have taken a running back in the first round. Their offensive line is really cruddy. Definitely bottom 10, if not bottom 5 in this league. They lost Bud Dupree. None of that happened. You fumbled the ball, Buffalo. You absolutely... If, if Kansas City had lost against Cleveland, that would have been the biggest upset. But this was by far and away to me the biggest upset of week one. And Buffalo, I mean, I don't want to say you're doing Buffalo kind of things because recently you've been doing the opposite of what everyone thought the norm was for Buffalo football. But this was just classic Buffalo football, of which we've known aside from these last two years since Josh Allen arrived. I mean, what were you doing giving that game away. You had a 10-point lead. I think I saw the Pittsburgh Steelers and their week one history had had 14 uh, double-digit deficits in week one, and they were 0-14, I think, by halftime. 0-14 in those games when facing a double-digit deficit going into halftime. No longer the case. They won that game, and credit to Pittsburgh, which we'll get into much later, but Buffalo, I mean... This was just a complete fumble on your part. Moving up to number six on my list, I got the Seattle Seahawks that win in Indianapolis. Going on the road, traveling uh, to the middle of the country from the West Coast is especially hard in your first week of the year, especially when it's a 1 o'clock game, but that did not affect Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. 
Russell Wilson is just so good, man. And then that Tyler Lockett connection is just explosive. DK Metcalf as well. That receiving core is really good. Their their offense is going to be really good this year in Mm -hmm. Seattle. And I picked Seattle to be my NFC West champion at the beginning of the year. I just don't know. Might change that after week one. And another team I have higher up on this power rankings performance. But it's going to be a dogfight, like we said, in that division. But Seattle is just – they are – I don't want to say they're the standard, but they, they, they remind me of Pittsburgh so much, man. They really do. It's just the consistent team that you know is always going to be there. And, you know, there's question marks in the offseason on, what, you know, what's going to happen with Russ. You know, are they going to run the ball more? Is there trouble in paradise between Pete and Russ? And they go out and they beat the Colts on the road. And it's the same thing with the Steelers. There's so many storylines swirling around them. And they go out and they beat the Bills on the road in week one. And it's just like some teams just – just have know that, how to that it factor about mm-hmm. them. And I think Seattle's definitely one of them. And I got them at number six, creeping their way towards that top five. Number six for me, I had the team which, which you had much later, and you omitted from your preseason power rankings. I have the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. here at number six. I think the display they showed offensively, defensively, I don't know, which was, which was more impressive to you, Tom? 35 points from Jameis Winston, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Or three points allowed by Aaron Rodgers and company. I don't know if Rodgers was really in it, to be honest with you, like mentally, which Mm -hmm. is a dumb take. Don't get me wrong. I understand if you're rolling your eyes out there, like who am I to say that an NFL player wasn't into the game? He just didn't look like he was into the game. The offense was where I was going to scratch my head because that's a that's a Saints offense that's been really good for a long time. Well, you talked about this, and it looks our, like it's going to be good too again this year. On our show earlier this week, saying what Drew Brees on on the panel for Sunday Night Football was saying, kudos to the New Orleans Saints for going out there and getting a deep ball threat and Jameis Winston, something they've been lacking. Yeah, hey, so that's what years. they've been missing the past couple of years, I guess. A, a good a good self own or self dig on Drew Brees's part, but. Couldn't be more accurate. I mean, the one deep ball for a touchdown that the Saints threw was by Jameis Winston. He came out for one play, he went out there for one play, and then came right back to the sidelines just to throw that touchdown pass. Uh, That's exactly why you bring in a guy like Jameis Winston. That's exactly why you start Jameis Winston and not Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill does not do that for you. If Taysom Hill starts that game, I don't know what the final score is, but it's certainly not 35-3. to But the Saints, to me, impressed on both offense and defense. I mean, even though you could, if you want to say, Tom, that Aaron Rodgers wasn't really out there, Aaron Rodgers, when he's not really committed to winning a game, can still put up more than three points, I think. And that's all he can muster against the stout Saints defense, which I said, I, which is the reason I kept them in my top ten in the preseason. I had them, I think, at number ten for me, if not number nine. Uh, so... A big step up into the top six off that dominant, dominant win. At number five, cracking, uh, starting the top five for us, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. The black and gold at number five in the NFL. Like you said, probably the biggest upset of week one, going into Buffalo and taking care of business. Uh, So many things set up well for the Steelers, too, by the way, with the Browns and the Ravens losing, uh, obviously beating the Bills, who you're going to be competing with for a playoff spot. The Patriots go down because they played the Dolphins. So a lot of things breaking in the Steelers' direction as far as week one is concerned. But uh, just the reason why they're number five, of course, is just how they looked. And it's how that defense looked, to be quite honest with you, because the offense really only played 30 minutes of football. That defense played a full 60-minute game. Looked like they were ready to establish themselves as the best defense in football again. I think they were that last year until the injuries started to hit. Bush first and then Bud Dupree. 
I think they're right back to that point this year where they're saying, we're number one. If we stay healthy, we are going mm-hmm. to be dominant. And then they can even say, you know what? We're not even that healthy either because our third or fourth best defensive player hasn't even played a down yet. Right. And we still get pass rush pressure with just four guys. So when two, it comes back, the rest of the league is going to be having nightmares. But huge win for the Steelers in week one. Sets them off on a great path for the 2021 season. Uh, I think now, you know, people were kind of questioning fringe playoff team. Now it's, I think they're a playoff team and they should get at least one of those wild card spots. Got them at number five on my list right now. I have two AFC North teams in my top five. I have so the do I. other one at number five. I have Cleveland at number five. Hard for me to put do them. Do you have the Steelers at number four? I do. Okay, see, so I have the Browns at number four. And, and I Steelers think we have five. the same top three teams. I think as well. so too. In, in order, for that matter. I do too. Um, it's hard for me to put a team who lost week one above a team who won week one. I know I said earlier, if the if the Browns had gone into Kansas City and won that game, that would be the upset everyone was talking about. I'd probably put Cleveland at my number three, if not number two, because they would have beaten my number two team who's currently sitting there. Uh, hard, to, hard to say, hard to play with hypotheticals, but in reality, they lost. And it's kind of uh, something Adam Crowley brought up was, Baker Mayfield's post-game speech is exactly what the Browns needed in their quarterback. Not so much the case. I think they needed him to win that game. I think they needed him to not throw that interception on their last offensive drive uh, in order to come back and win that game. That's what you need out of a quarterback, not just some post-game speech after a loss. Great point by Crowley there. But So I have a hard time putting them above the Steelers, who won their game, which was a road upset win for the Steelers. I got Cleveland number five. Um... Yes, they had a, a good day, but they definitely made enough noise to, to crack my top five. If they had won the game, they'd be probably top three, if not top two. But it definitely put them back on the map. It's definitely not. 2020 was certainly not a, a one-season fluke for them. They kept things very much so interesting. And keep in mind, this game, they didn't have to play against Chad Henney all day. They, they could say that... Yeah, we lost, but at least Patrick Mahomes was out there for the entirety of the game. I'll give my Browns take since I have it number four, and you can give your Steelers take after this since you have them at number four. But, yeah, uh, Cleveland Browns, for me, it's that whole thing where I'm like, I can't trust this team. Mm -hmm. You said the interception. Listen, they were up by 10 on the road to Kansas City, had them on the ropes again, and Patrick Mahomes throws the ball basically falling down sideways 75 yards down the field for Tyreek Hill score a touchdown bang you're down one by th- play you're down by three and one play now. after the after the Browns just came out and scored to take a nine and that's lead. fine that's okay you know what reset regroup let's try to just have a nice long drive that ends in points now what happens you have to punt the ball in your own territory oh and the goodness. punter drops the punt and he gives the Chiefs and the potential future goat at quarterback 30 yards to go to get to pay dirt and win that football game you're playing with fire uh, you're not even playing with fire. Then. You're playing with a nuclear bomb at mm-hmm. that point. And it, it came back and bit them, and that's why I do have them at number four. I still think they're going to win the AFC North this year, but there's always going to be that Browns thing that's in the back of my head, and that's why I can't really put them up there as far as a Super Bowl contender yet because, yes, it's the Chiefs, one of the toughest places to play, the AFC favorite, the best quarterback in football right now, but you had them on the ropes, and you yeah. couldn't finish them off. And even though the Chiefs are a great team, other great teams who are up by 10 points at home or on the road should finish that one off. Absolutely. I'll give my Steelers takes here. Having them at number four, uh, the defense is basically all I need to say. Yeah, the offense made some questionable calls with 
Najee Harris getting 100% of the snaps and only 16 carries. No deep ball threat out of Ben Roethlisberger. But that defense, when you, once you get Stephon Tewitt back, right now you don't even need Stephon Tewitt because already I think this defense is tops in the league. I mean, this defense has been tops in the league for the past three, four years now, Tom. And even though we've said on paper how good really are they compared to years past, I do think they're better. Like we could we could have spoken in hypotheticals all we wanted to throughout the offseason. We finally got to see here in week one exactly how good they were. That pass rush is something we'll be talking about in 10, 15, 20 years from now, saying we don't know how good we had it. We, we, we always talk about the 0-5-0-8 defenses. This team may be better. This defense might just be better than those teams. We'll see how the rest of the season plays off. But if week one is any indication, this defense is going to be in the mix for all-time great Steelers defenses. That's all I got to say. They're a top-four team to me. To go on the road and win against the Bills, something no one had them doing, including you and I, including many people working in Steelers Nation Radio. No one really thought they had much of a, of a, of a fighting chance to go into Buffalo week one, but they did it anyways, and they're primed now for what we think could be a good postseason run. Number, we'll finish this thing together. We'll bring this thing on home together. Number yeah. three, we got the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Unbelievable performance. I know the Bears stink, and I mean stink out loud. I, I don't understand why Justin Fields didn't play. That's a conversation for another episode, though. But the Rams looked so good. The defense was great. Matt Stafford is something that that offense has been missing, man. And one thing that I was so impressed with and one thing that I think is going to take them to that next level is when it was Jared Goff, who's an average quarterback, above average maybe, I would say. Maybe average. But he's in that 15, 16 range as far as quarterbacks in the NFL go. You had to send in hand signals late to him from McVay if he saw something on the defense. You had to really help him along the way. Whereas now Stafford's like a McVay on the field. It. He can see it himself and check out of things without McVay having to signal something in or the offensive coordinator having to signal something in. So Stafford just unlocks a whole new level for this defense. And based on what I saw from them and what I saw from the Green Bay Packers in week one, I'm flipping those two. I think the Bucks and the Rams are the two Super Bowl contenders from the NFC. And I think the Packers kind of fall back to the pack a little bit. Obviously, it's week one. The Packers can mm -hmm. get back to that level. And the Packers are not there yet. A lot. They go, they, they start the season one and one or, or, or one and two or two and two. And Aaron Rodgers always just says, relax. And then what do they do? They end up with on the season with three Seven losses. Straight wins or, after that. Or four yeah. losses. Yeah, they're, they're always fine. They always have a little hiccup. Oh, I think they'll make the playoffs still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I agree with you here, too, because I had the Packers as my number four team overall going into the preseason or going into the regular season. I now have Tampa Bay and the, the Rams as my top two teams in this conference. It's just unbelievable what Stafford does mm -hmm. to that offense. It's kind of like what Patrick Mahomes... And what McVay does for Stafford. In a way, it's kind of like what Patrick Mahomes did to the Chiefs three years ago. I mean, that team is just a juggernaut. You're not safe. You are literally not safe. Ten points, you think that's good? No Heading chance. into the fourth quarter, it doesn't matter. You can be up 17 points heading into the fourth quarter. You are not safe from this offense. Got Kansas City as the number two team in as football. What an amazing comeback from them against a really good Cleveland Browns team. I, I think they really... You know, in, a, in an NFL week one that was action-packed with upsets and teams making a statement, I think the defending, two-time defending AFC champions this was the game said, the hey, yeah. our statement is this conference, even though it's deep and there's a lot of teams impressing in week we're one, sold. it goes through Kansas City right. if we're you want to go best. to the Super Bowl. Yep, couldn't agree more. And then wrapping up at number one, the defending Super Bowl Tampa champions. Tom. I mean, 
What what more could you have asked for if you're a Tampa Bay fan? They came out swinging. Gronk had a huge day. It looked like Gronk of 2011, 2012. Antonio Brown looked like he was AB of 2014, 2015. And Tom Brady looked like Tom Brady of 2020. There's just, I mean, like I was going back to to 2011, 2012 for Gronk, 2015, 2014 for AB. Brady just has not taken. His, I think his Brady's. Foot off the I think Brady's better than he ever has been, and that's absurd. People that's are saying this thing. could be a seventeen and zero season. This could be a better offensive season for Brady than 07 when he had Randy Moss at his availability. I think both of those are possible. He got the ball back with a minute and fifteen seconds down, and everybody in the country said that's way too much time. There's no way that Brady doesn't win this game, and, and they're right. He won the game quickly. Couple honorable mentions: Green Bay fell out, but they're right there. The Ravens still right there. Team really sniffing though the Las Vegas Raiders. They're maybe number twelve, number thirteen for me. Mm, sniffing that top. Interesting. 10. I have I have Green Bay my number eleven spot. Baltimore. I don't know. We'll say, Lamar just always always fumbles at the and wrong and he's got to do too much now. He's he, got to carry exactly. The ball more. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know the name of that kid who's like now they're Tyson Williams. Yeah, he had that good run. That touchdown run is about 30, 35 yards. But still, you can't rely on him. Yeah. I mean, it's got to go through Lamar. And Mark Andrews had basically a non-factor of a day. And that you can't have that when he's really your only legitimate receiving option. So Baltimore, I'm a little shaky on. The Raiders, nah, I was just kind of sniffing upset. I don't know. If the Raiders go into Pittsburgh and win against the Steelers, they're top 10, yeah. then they're in the top 10 for sure. Hopefully that does not happen, though. That's going to do it for this episode of Steeler Standard and our Power Rankings. Thanks, as always, for listening. You can check us out at Apple, Spotify, Steelers.com, really wherever you get your podcasts, and give us a listen. We always appreciate that. For Jacob Recht, I am Tom Opferman, and we will talk to you on our next episode of the Steeler Standard.